wanted one more present for them. <laughs> like Un- some episodes. Under their ears. <laughs> tucked, nestled in their oral cavities. Where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shitty Christians. Welcome to Shitty Christians. Uh, no, it's it's the Christmas season. Looking over at the at a tree. I'm just feeling really grateful for all these symbols. Mm, signs and signifiers. That signify everything. What you don't realize (laughs) is I have just watched the classic Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Yep. I love any movie, every movie, where the name of the star is part of the title. Mm, Yeah. Give me some more examples. It's always been good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John Carpenter's uh, The Thing. The Thing. Okay. Come on. That's a great movie. Okay. I'm going to keep pushing on this. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Terminator. <laughs> All great films. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone knows this. Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Christmas was saved. Asses uh, were kicked. Yeah. It's- you can thank Kirk Cameron that you have Christmas right now. <laughs> this podcast wouldn't exist without Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. <laughs> That's true. These are just facts. So, yes, we watched Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Uh a movie that became so legendarily <laughs> bad that it sort of became a meme in 2017 uh-huh. when uh-huh. it released. It shot straight to the bottom of the IMDb bottom 100, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, in some ways an achievement. Uh, oh, definitely. This movie is an achievement, which we will get to. Yeah. And I, I think that is one of our many takes yeah. on this, you know, really multifaceted <laughs> objects that, uh, you know, we saw Uncut Gems and we saw Saving Christmas. Uh-huh. And I like to think of them as companion pieces. Uh, they are actually companion <laughs> pieces in that they both gave me a heart attack when I watched them. Uh, they, and, and like Rashomon, I look forward to viewing them each viewings. through different lenses, mm, through different knees, yeah. you know, because the river's always different. You can't yeah, step absolutely. into the same. You can't step into Saving Christmas twice the same. So let's start. Who funded, who funded Saving Christmas? Where, uh, where did this beautiful bit of joy come from first of all how dare you not call it kirk cameron saving christmas (laughs) i'm sorry kirk cameron (laughs) (laughs) sorry kirk uh it was funded Mm -hmm. by liberty university boom you start the movie and the title card which is usually a production company or a vanity production company comes up uh and it's just the liberty university oh yeah I, I like to think that this was literally just, like, they have two kids in the uh-huh. audiovisual, like, film studies. Man. I don't know. They've got, like, one sad boy off in a corner. And they're like, <laughs> we got to make a movie so this kid can get a degree. Uh, <laughs> this was the student project. Yeah. For Kirk Cameron, like a lot of actors, he went to college yeah. after he was famous. Yep. It just took him a while to finish. So, yeah, it is, it is funded by our boy. Uh, mm-hmm. What? what? Why am I blanking on names? Jerry Falwell Jr. Jerry Falwell Jr. No pool boys appearing in the production. Sad to say. I kept waiting for one of them to just sort of loom out of a corner. There were a shockingly... There was a shockingly low number of young men at a place with a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. There were about two young men. Yes. Uh, and a lot more underage women. <laughs> <laughs> but before we great. get... Which is great. Before we get directly into the text, is there anything else we should know? So this is just part of, I think most of our audience is familiar with Christian films, uh-huh. message film, message yes. movies, where in the movie, God is not dead. Christmas uh-huh. is equally not dead. 
This yes. is this is about proving. It seems like from the outside you said this to the atheists. Fuck you, Christmas is our holiday. Yeah, that's the pitch. And Kirk Cameron was very specific about that. Is like this is about saving Christmas. This is about saying Merry Christmas and not Happy mm-hmm. Holidays. Mm-hmm. This is about Christians not feeling comfortable like right. sharing what Christmas is about for them. Like the the film literally opens on a three minute like Fox News Facebook rant. Like. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into that. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think that's okay. still also part of the setup because okay, it exists yeah, yeah. outside of the text <laughs> of the movie. It just opens. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it might be in the text of the movie that this lunatic stares at a camera and talks into it as part of his nightly ritual. Yeah, I, I, I assume <laughs> right before he has sex with his wife, this is just what he does to get himself there. Uh, he also sips from a clearly mm-hmm. empty cup. Uh, yeah is a favorite love it love to see it and then yeah begins talking about how the atheists are ruining christmas but also then goes in a little bit on like christians <laughs> who want to talk about how he's like there's two groups <laughs> he, he talks about different groups a this lot whole movie is you we us them yeah. like it it all exists in like pronouns of belonging yep. and and not belonging and i grew up in evangelical christian could not follow it it was, yeah. But I, I, I'm always extremely comfortable when a middle-aged white man talks about them <laughs> for a long time. The problem with them, specifically. <laughs> it's never gone wrong. Yeah, uh. always ends well. So it, he literally just talks into the camera for three minutes. <laughs> and I thought that this was going to be In a, a Christmassy room. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. He's wearing a Christmas sweater. There's a roaring fire. There's a really tacky tree. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cameron, by the way, keeping it fairly tight. He looks good. He, he, I, I he's did a actually think ass that. motherfucker, but like he's he's doing it. No, but he's got the stubble. You have to acknowledge the stubble. Oh yeah, no, he's got he's got the like 2018 youth pastor stubble for sure. Mm. Okay, that's, okay. that's the entirety of my opinion. Uh, Kirk Cameron's <laughs> youth pastor stubble. Uh, he opens by talking about all the things he loves about Christmas: uh-huh. presents, hot chocolate, yep. candy canes. He loves everything about Christmas. And then he mentions his enemies list. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he starts listing <laughs> and then, his and manifesto. Anybody who doesn't celebrate Christmas for a holiday, and it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that might include some historically persecuted groups, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Kirk Cameron is not concerned about your, your groups because he doesn't care about being PC. He says, they, they're a big wet blanket on Christmas. Some people are like, don't sing so loud. The Druids invented it. This is a big one. Druid, <laughs> druids come up a lot, and they really have trouble with that pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> and then he goes, maybe we need a word from the outside, the true meaning of Christmas, the real story. And then this is how it yeah, ends. Yeah. Maybe Santa Claus is on the team. Good stuff. So if you're lost <laughs> at this point, just know that like this is the whole movie. Yep. The whole movie is about confusing you with terribleness. Uh, but also drawing you in. Yeah. It, <laughs> but also, it creates narrative tension because you don't know what's going on. And whenever people talk, it's uncanny. Like, it, oh. it definitely exists somewhere uh-huh. between, like, Blue Velvet and The Room. Like, that is the dialogue mm-hmm. of this movie. And it's and it's amazing in that sense. Like, yeah. the lighting, there's always, they're always missing, like, a fill or, a key, like, a key, key light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everything looks kind of flat, uh, and the acting is definitely a youth group skit rehearsal. 
Yeah, well, and there is basically an entire, like, youth group full of kids just mm -hmm. sort of floating around this production yeah, that are clearly... The, by the way, it's not said this movie. There's about six adults at this Christmas party. There are 300 children. I mean, that's pretty standard numbers. <laughs> Probably Baptists, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's a little distressing, the amount of... The amount of... The way this movie shoots kids is very yeah, david -like. Yeah, that is very different. The, the way that, like, the children are presented. <laughs> It's troubling. It it's is troubling. troubling. We're a little Epstein brained at this point, but yeah. I think it is genuinely troubling. Your wife, which we should whom we should tip give a hat tip to, was yeah. great during the viewing of yeah, this. She had fun. Pointed out there's just all girl children. Yeah, there is a really weird ratio. I think it's like 90-10. Like, <laughs> yeah, like little girls to like little guys. It's weird. We'll get more. weird even saying that. <laughs> Don't say little guys. I think little guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, little girls is acceptable. It's little boys. Okay, uh, that's what it was. But little guys is just like, oh no. <laughs> little men. <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it. Um, so after, so he, you know, after he does this straw man rant, yeah, where he says insane... that there's, he says there's some people who don't want us to love Christmas. Who are these people? Yeah, I, I live in L.A. I assume he thinks I'm in the belly of the beast. I, I think it's important <laughs> like, to say that the only time anyone has ever like truly hated Christmas in this way, in this particular <laughs> right. aggrieved way is in Christmas movies. Like, oh, there are plenty yeah. of people that don't enjoy the holidays oh, and struggle sure. with them. That you know, there, there are lots of real uh -huh. reasons to struggle during this time. And there are plenty of people that are just like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to deal with Christmas. Sure. But nobody is like, I have an axe to grind with Christmas it, in this, like... It's basically saying the war on Christmas is legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this whole thing right. is, of course. is the next volley in the war on Christmas. But what's amazing about it, we need <laughs> to get to the actual start of this film. Yeah. Uh... What's amazing about it is it's not actually about that, really. But no. we'll get there. So, so, we open up with a what we kind of realize will be a flash forward, some sort of period garb. a a with It looks like Christian and Frank being like, something's happening. And then there's an old man with a staff walking in sort of uh, what appears to be a music video from the early 2000s Mastodon albums, yeah, which it, were great. And it's got, it's definitely got like a relapse re records vibe. Yep. Uh, and they're really going for it. The music though is a lot more like, like dancey. Like, yeah. It's electronic. And then, uh, there's a, and then it's never established who this person is until nope. way later. Nope. And so we all were incorrect. We all had guesses yep. about who this was and had no idea who this person was. And then it goes to credits off of that, uh, to a ska version of Silent Night. And that yep. was Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was genuinely like, this is a bop. It, it, <laughs> These horns? Horns it, and punk? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just discovered Scott in this moment. <laughs> uh, it made 12-year-old Michael, who loved the OC Supertones, a Christian ska band uh, <laughs> that I never got to see in concert, and I'm still upset about it. But it made me very happy uh, that it existed. It does, I need to say, make no fucking sense. No. So three things that have happened in this movie. Agreed white man rant. <laughs> Strange slow like, motion, sexy bearded shepherd walking slow mo <laughs> through the snow, and then ska intro. And this yep. is before we have achieved anything yeah. in terms of plot. No, it it's brilliant. I'm yep. serious. It's one of the more interesting things I've ever watched. So then we cut in, and we are at a Christmas party in a, an oversized McMansion. Yes, 
incredibly over-decorated for Christmas. I couldn't confirm this, but I believe in my heart this is Kirk Cameron's actual home. There's in the no same way, way that, isn't. like, no his way. sister in this movie is his actual sister, and, like... Which you called. Yes. Uh, I called a couple things along yeah. the way in this movie. It just felt like it. You can just tell. Like, <laughs> why is why is this random white woman here? Oh, she's definitely the wife of somebody. Like, yep. why, are, why are these kids around? Because um, Kirk Cameron has a coven. Uh... I, you could convince me that Kirk Cameron has 47 children. Uh, listen, having seen Kirk Cameron in this picture, he could convince me to join. <laughs> it's a nice house. He likes material things. <laughs> he's got he's got two refrigerators. We're all very proud of him. <laughs> hey, I don't have two refrigerators that are stainless steel. It's a real thing. So he goes up to his sister, who is, by the way, I think this is important to say, in the kitchen in every single scene in this movie. Oh, that's true. She is. I hadn't noticed that. She is bringing a lot of Christian mom energy to this uh, movie in that she is not allowed to leave the kitchen on threat of death. <laughs> and the one time she leaves the kitchen is later in the film to assist her husband with something. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> I mean, it is not any better in the movie. So she goes up to her sister and is like, ah, who's that? Is that Santa Claus? And she's like, no, that's your uncle. So Kirk Cameron plays a simpleton who doesn't recognize his yeah, family he's, members. He's like, how'd you get Santa here? And it's intended to be a joke. I want to say, Christians, stop making jokes. If, if this movie has taught us anything, or this podcast, it's that they're just not cut out for it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, and so she is like obviously going through something. And then the camera, yeah, she's sad. She's sad. And we're like, hey, lady, why are you sad? So the camera pans over, and we find him sitting in a chair in the corner, looking overlooking this party, just looking emotion, emotionally distressed. And the way they demonstrate his emotional distress is by showing children moving in slow motion. Slow motion and color distorted. Uh -huh. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, it... it so the whole thing is like he's not feeling Christmas. He's not feeling Christmas. He's not into it. He's not, he's not about it. He's not By the way, this. this whole conversation for some reason shot like the Bourne Identity. It's just like <laughs> shaking cam and jump cuts. Like it, it's really utterly bizarre just how much movement there is for this like kitchen talking scene. Uh, and then you go to this guy and he is doing the like Kubrick yep. glare mm -hmm. out over his yep. own party in his own yep. home with his children, presumably. Someone's uh, children. <laughs> it's never. Never, it's hard to keep count. At no point is it established who the children are. That's very true. They're just general children. Yeah. They're just, it's just children of the candy cane just solid. running around. It's uh, very solid. Uh, but he is like yeah. Cooper glaring, uh -huh. looking out, and then you see his point of view and it is just full school shooter. Yeah. Like it is, it is totally <laughs> that thing. He is just so upset at these children <laughs> having a good time, drinking hot cocoa, and like playing with each other. Yeah. Uh, and he flees the scene. No, 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 no. We're, we're not there yet. No, something important happens. Tell me what happened. So first of all, he's an introvert, and no one acknowledged this. <laughs> because, as you said, he's part of a faith community. He's not allowed to need time to himself. Yeah. I think it's the secret story that of this That is the movie. actual, like, meta text that never gets uh, acknowledged. And then a co-worker comes up to him. Oh, okay, you're right. We needed to talk about this. So an African-American gentleman comes up to him. And immediately launches into being excited about Christmas and speaking in tongues. Yeah. And speaking uh, generously, generously, I'm going to say, in a minstrel lady. 
tone. Yeah, so <laughs> race in all Christian movies is weird because they all only have the same one black friend. And so it's really it makes production really hard. It's literally Teddy. Like, you have to bring yeah. Teddy. Uh, do, you, or do you have Teddy this week? There's a Google calendar. But this guy is bringing some like hardcore Medea energy yep. to this. Like uh-huh. this is definitely... And he's got this call and response about blessed and highly favored, you know, mm-hmm. sanctified in the in the blood, yep. like, uh, it's, and it's incredible. They're played as coworkers, yep. But the whole th- it doesn't feel like they have any actual friendship, or they, they've uh, ever met. Yeah, or that there's no interaction. And then this guy, his his goal is to just be like funny guy. Yeah, like they've and they've got two funny guys, yeah, both funny guys. large and brown. <laughs> And that's, it's not great. They're the only overweight people in the movie, yep. and it's weird. <laughs> uh, that's true. It's, it's the, really strange. The wife stays in the kitchen, and the brown people stay fat. That's uh, what Kirk Cameron believes. But yeah, this also has the best joke in the whole movie, mm-hmm. which is when <laughs> the sad white man uh-huh. uh, is uh, ragging on the charismatic Christian. He's like, y'all need to work on your exegesis. And the, the black gentleman goes, extra Jesus? I got extra Jesus for days. And, th- and then, apropos of nothing, decides to launch into a two-minute monologue about how they can't wear crazy shirts. Crazy shirt Fridays. On Fridays. And that this is some kind of genuine persecution. Yeah. He, I think he specifically uses the phrase, my people have been through too much. He says, my people have been through enough. <laughs> for, for a we should s- just go, oh, by the way, his name's DeAndre. We should just call him DeAndre. Instead of me calling him fat black man for the entire picture. I'm not sure which one's more racist (laughs) is the bummer. So then... We're going to march if we have to. Yeah. So a white man writes and directs a movie and makes a black character say, we got to march about Crazy Shirt Fridays. We're going to move forward because I can't deal with it. It's also 2017, immediately post Black Lives Matter. Like... (laughs) It's great. This is this is the thing that black people are marching in the streets about. Uh, you love to see it. <laughs> I was listening to a, another podcast that was covering like God's Not Dead, and mm-hmm. it just very briefly mentioned how like sexless black people are in all these movies. Oh, of course. And and that just really held true. Uh-huh. There's just something so like like castrated about every person of color in this film. The only thing I'll say in response to that is the white. Well, no, the white people actually do have a lot more of a sex drive in this movie. Yeah, they Damn get the it. fucking. I'm telling you. Yeah, you're right. Damn, that's gross. All right, let's move on. So then we go back to Kirk Cameron, who is doing more ominous voiceover about enemies. And then he goes yeah, Kirk outside. Kirk Cameron in this movie is just taxi driver. Like, it's <laughs> just, he's literally just ranting and wandering around trying to find people and change their mind about this. You could tell me. You could convince me that Martin Scorsese directed this. <laughs> you, there's a world where I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is the best satire ever made of a Christian uh, film. He, he decided to get into it after doing silence. He just <laughs> fell in the rabbit hole. Uh, hey, all of us get all of us have gotten in the Wikipedia hole before. So he, then he finds his brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Who should we describe him now? How in the car? I would say it's important because at this point, like, the brother-in-law starts talking. Yeah, the brother-in-law it, becomes a character. Now. Yeah, and uh, he is. The whole movie, I'm just like, is this guy supposed to be Jewish? It's a real thing. He's he's coded. He's coded that way. In like Adam Sandler Jew uh-huh. stereotype. No, like he he's, is. He's just a little bit nabbish uh-huh. and he's a little bit like, dip, 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 dip. like he can't get uh-huh. his words out. Yep. And like, uh, it, it's just there. It's just but the whole movie, there. I felt like it was teasing me. I'm like, am I the racist for thinking this? Yeah, no. He never says it. And then you get to the post credit sequence and they, and like, 
they actually put it in there. No, the uh, uh, DeAndre says, you trying to be Jewish, basically? Yeah. Just, he actually says that verbatim. Yeah. And you're like, Kind of oh. seems like you're trying to be Jewish. Which makes the whole movie speaking of enemies and people who don't like Christmas. But importantly. A little darker. It's a little I weird. Think it makes it a little darker. It's a little weird. It's just a weird call because this guy is not yeah. Jewish. As far as I, I mean, well, he's obviously a Christian in real yeah. life. Because that's the whole thing. So you've got a guy that's not feeling Christmas. Yep. And you assume, given the agreement politics in the beginning, yep. that this is going to be about a guy that doesn't believe in yep. Christmas, doesn't believe in Jesus. Like, he can't get into this whole season. It's just too much for him. It's all bullshit. And that's going to be the movie is like, checkmate, atheist. Now you believe. But no, <laughs> the antagonist, the man who must be converted, the the evil, fiction, the evil figure, yeah, that needs to have his mind changed by Kirk Cameron's <laughs> wisdom, which is a real thing that this movie would have you believe in. Oh, definitely, uh, he is all three wise men in one. His his great crime is that he is a Christian. I know, <laughs> and like has some concerns about the materialism inherent in modern Christmas, which is to say a right-thinking gentleman. Yeah, so he just gives this monologue where he basically talks about how party is bad, materi uh, presents materialistic, all of the way we treat it is bad with our money and materialism, and that this is not what God wants. Yeah. And he insists during this monologue several times, they even have to have the villain say, you know I believe in scripture, you know I'm a Christian. Yeah. Like he again and again does that. And so then he does this, and then Kirk Cameron turns to him, stares, goes all steely-eyed, mm -hmm. melts my heart. Yep. And what does he say, Michael? It's all wrong. You're all wrong. You drank the Kool-Aid. You took the bait. <laughs> Everything you see in that home is about Jesus. And you're spoiling it. <laughs> yeah, and you're ruining it. Uh, it is, like, weirdly shaming. It It is really, really strange. Because, one, who fucking cares about any of this? Right. This is a nonsense <laughs> question. Like, the idea that there are actual people out there in the yep. world concerned about the pagan symbols of the tree mm -hmm. being a part of Christmas is absurd. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, the... His one actual concern is material conditions, which is valid. I think it's a false equivalency to be like, how many wells could we have dug with these Christmas presents? There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. We know this. But this man is like half woke being like, yeah. eh, maybe this is not the deal. And he's right. He's it, trying to see something. In as much as he something. can be right, yeah. he is the most right person in this film. And then Kirk Cameron spends 45 minutes explaining why he is evil and wrong. So then we get three stories. And the first one... After basically his addressing of the material conditions point, I still don't understand. I still don't understand this whole thing. Because they basically do three cutaways as he explains to this man what a terrible bitch he's being. Yeah, so Kirk Cameron then proceeds to go full Da Vinci Code on this. <laughs> and he starts... With the nativity. With the nativity. And again, this is one... It's funny because they, they create yep. this like manger scene with like you know, God rays shooting in all over uh -huh. this manger. And rocks. And then they never really do anything with it, but they keep returning to it because they clearly only had the budget to do a couple of these. Well, it's like uh, five or six minutes long. He explains the nativity. He paints the scene of birth. Yeah. There's animals. There's Mary. There's Joseph. There's the baby. Take them away. Yeah, get rid of all that shit. <laughs> That's right. You know what's left? Cloth. <laughs> Swaddling cloth. <laughs> he spends like six or seven minutes of a 70-minute film Building to the cloth. Yeah, he really takes his time on the cloth. He's like, I know the baby's important now. Get rid of 
<laughs> Fuck that baby. This is the witch. We're pulping it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus pulp. Spread it all over your body. Yeah. Dance. Dance. I, you could have, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. Uh, yeah. So. And then. What's the point that he's making with this one? I don't know. Oh, I, I hope you know. I know. Because I honestly, in the moment, maybe it's because I was drinking a lot of bourbon. <laughs> I, we need to say this may involve our enjoyment of the picture being as high as it was. Because we really all had a yeah. great time. Oh, it was a blast. Uh, we were drinking some castrate bourbon throughout the entirety of this. Uh, no, your wife, who is not okay. a lightweight, had a sip and was like, oh, no. <laughs> and she can now drink me any day of the week. Absolutely. Because uh, she's, she's a real one. But... Swaddling cloth, I don't understand. He insists that that solves the problem. The swaddling cloth is the cloth that he was, Jesus was wrapped in when he died. Uh Uh-huh. So he was wrapped in cloth as a baby, and he was wrapped in cloth as a dead man, Uh but he escaped the cloth. So you see it's like, it's like foreshadowing. It's like, it's like if you, you know. Okay. It's it's the original after credits Marvel sequence that lets you know what's coming down the pike. Is the cloth is why we have baby it's cold outside? Uh, yes. Is that uh, why Mama's kissing Santa Claus? Because <laughs> we cut back and the guy is like, that. Is, yeah, I never thought of that. I don't understand. This whole movie how is it about answers. like, yeah, it, it. The answer is it doesn't. Okay. It, in no way. I was trying this. to see how it addresses. In no anything. way addresses the guy's concerns. All that it's doing is trying to be like. You think Christmas is basic and bullshit, but here's some <laughs> things you hadn't thought about. And every single time it blows this Jewish man's mind. Like it does. every single time he's no. just like, Wow. No, it comes back and he's like, Holy shit. That's um, the that is truly some exegesis. Yeah. <laughs> then we have a cutaway to a, what's supposed to be a funny moment. Ah, uh, yes. The and, comedy in this. And DeAndre sits down next to Another person of color, presumably. Yes. Both of them are large men. And they're trying to sit down like they're having a fake subtle conversation where it's like, okay, hold up. Put your mug in front of your face so people can't hear what we're saying to each other. Mm -hmm. And then the gentleman, the uh, one gentleman whose name we never know. That's uh, true. I say raps to him about the war on Christmas. I say spoken words. What's the difference between a rap and a spoken word? Quality. Uh, have so t- so logic is doing nothing but spoken word like Correct. that is okay um, I'll, I'm on board with yeah, this yeah. actually now you sold me uh, it's, it's a cadence thing but it's fine I think it's hard to one, say <laughs> there's something that this is based this is like the mm-hmm. two people of color in this mm-hmm. entire picture uh, they're at a holiday party with their co-workers which is to say like a semi-awkward social gathering mm-hmm. and then there is this element of something that would actually happen, which is like the code switching that would happen yep. uh-huh. when two people of color that are in a white dominated space like actually get a second to talk to themselves. But here, it's portrayed so weird, up to and including when a man wants to communicate, he makes the other man beatbox, and then he he rap speaks it, and it is just it's normal. It's very normal and cool. And he is talking about chemtrails. Mm-hmm. And he is doing this whole, like, war on Christmas conspiracy yes. thing that connects to the Crazy Shirt Fridays, because that's where it starts. Uh-huh. But it's actually much bigger. Uh, and it felt like meeting 
alternate versions of ourselves in 2019 because this guy just goes full <laughs> Epstein brain on the uh-huh. war on Christmas. Like he just like it, it unspools his mind a little bit until yep. it connects to every other thing, and that it, it, it all comes back to the Clintons. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is also just an incredibly strange moment this movie has no idea how to handle race but goddamn does it love playing in that pool it is one of the more surreal moments of the movie in a movie filled with them yeah because again there's only one light and for mm-hmm. those of us who wouldn't necessarily know that that just means there's like shadows behind them the yeah. light is very the the wall behind them is very they're not flat looking at each other they're not they're looking like, at each other it's like a spy thing they're, they're just kind of sitting and staring mostly directly at the camera yeah it's very intense, and that's kind of where I started to feel like I was losing my mind a bit. Uh, and so, I, and more importantly, and then we're going to move on, I'm, I wasn't 100% sure the point of view of that scene. I know it was making gentle fun of people who talk about the war on Christmas, but also this entire movie is about the yeah, war on Christmas. It felt to me like fainting towards making a joke out of the thing that you are. Uh, or maybe even just like, these are the people that take it too far. Yeah, you know they go too hard. Uh, he's got a joke about like you heard it on Fox News, so you mo- know it must be true. And I really don't know if that was clowning yep. on Fox News Could or actually you. it's made by Liberty University. Right, that might just be like his definition of what a fact is. But it it's very strange. Uh, and then, yeah. by the way, that's apropos of nothing. And there's not ever a follow up. No. There's an arguably a post credits follow up, but really there's not a follow up. Well, there's a post credits follow up wherein he just like freestyles for a while. Yeah, he actually raps. Kind of. Uh, he tries. <laughs> well, okay, success is not the standard. I, I literally right, told you right, the difference you're is right, quality. You're right. Uh, then we go back to Kirk Cameron yelling at this man. Well, the, first the man yells. He yells okay. about Christmas trees. Yes. Where are they in the Bible? And he starts lit, like take. He goes in hard. He's like, is it in Numbers? Is it in Leviticus? You know I skip Leviticus sometimes. I think the joke is that Leviticus is boring because it's all rules. Oh, yes, Numbers. Super interesting. Noted interesting text. Numbers. <laughs> Uh, I prefer facts and figures. Um, They don't care about your feelings. Yeah. So Uh, then Kirk Cameron schools him again. Well, yeah, because he goes, where was the Christmas tree in the Bible? I'll tell you where. Genesis. (laughs) That is what the movie does. And then we go to the scariest thing I've ever seen committed to film. We go to a Christmas tree lot straight out of the black line. Yeah, no, it is. Absolutely. It's a Christmas tree lot, and you can see nothing, but everything around it is black. So, There's yeah, some lights. It's darkness. But the sky, yeah, the sky is darkness. It is darkness. It is <laughs> just, just black. darkness. And then there is a handful of trees and fog, just yep. lots and lots of fog. Yep. One light beaming down yep. through the fog, and then you sort of see people gathering Faceless trees. Faceless people. Yeah, and, carrying trees out and i i'm not kidding when i say it was very unnerving in that moment like you feel for the trees like the the shot is based around the cheese and then you just see like faceless bodies carrying trees off and yeah Yeah. it's just a christmas tree lot but the whole perspective on it just (laughs) makes it feel so uncanny and awful it's so weird he's saying that the christmas tree is actually like the tree in the garden of good and evil and well and then there's always there's a cutaway within the cutaway to adam yes Adam holding the uh, Christmas ornament that is the apple yeah. from the Tree of Life. What's interesting here, uh, that's not how the Tree of Life worked. Nope. It was a bad thing. I think it's saying that the ornaments are good, but when he took, in the myth, took a bite, that was evil? So, like, that, like... I know this is going to shock you, uh-huh. but it's not the most 
consistent text <laughs> theologically. Yeah. Uh, but the so, argument that he's making yeah. is that God has always right. given us gifts under, on, and around trees, like his son's dead body right. or the fruit from the tree of life. And all of this is why we need to hang ornaments, which are actually fruit to represent yeah. the gifts of God on the tree, which right. is actually the tree of life or maybe the cross, depending on what you're thinking about. Yeah. Oh, uh, because there was another tree. Yeah. Mofo. Uh, this is one of, this is like such a Christian thing, just like calling the cross a tree. They love it. Yeah. They love it. I don't know this, but it might just be a thing in English. I forget the name of the song, but there's a song sung from the perspective of a tree that becomes the cross. Oh, yes. And I used, yeah, they used to sing that. My name is Cross. This is a movie, this is where kind of where I realized, I should have realized earlier, but I was drinking copious amounts of whiskey. This is a movie about gaslighting. This is a movie about Kirk yes. Cameron gaslighting a this relative. Is one man having a very basic and reasonable <laughs> concern that Christmas has gotten a little materialistic and then Kirk Cameron gaslighting him with like national treasure style like <laughs> weird going deep for 45 minutes and I say 45 minutes because this no, it, movie literally. was only 70 minutes yep. not including credits yep. and then we get one more oh, he's yeah, angry about one more thing yep. Santa, Santa, Claus. Santa Claus he stole Christmas that motherfucker that's right. He obliterated him. And you know what? Santa, Satan, same letters. He does actually make that point. He makes an anagram. He makes an anagram uh, with Santa and Satan. Uh, again, I love people who pretend like English is the only language. Yes. Like, they're, they are the truest of Americans. I was going to say, are they wrong? <laughs> Please tell me if they're wrong. I don't know anymore. You're making me sad. <laughs> hey, Brianna. I do know. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. What, did you, what did you think of this movie? Here's my take. Are you guys ready? Oh. Never, but always. I loved it. <laughs> I just really feel like it spoke to me. Okay. And uh, there is a war on Christmas, and we have, we have to fight the good fight. <laughs> uh, so you're a full convert to the, to the camera. You know what? Kirk got me. Can we talk about Kirk's double for a second? I mean, the man Please. knows how to work it. <laughs> I'm so happy we all agreed to be turned on by Kirk Cameron's stuff. Uh, you gave me some growing pains, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> some shitty Christians. <laughs> Brianna Grothy in the flesh. It's not often you get you get that person. I, That's a I, big one. Frankly, I'm amazed we were able to book her for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, it's a true Christmas miracle. So back to the text. Santa, Satan, same letters. So then, so then, Kirk Cameron's like, he's not in the Bible, but let me spit some knowledge. Yeah. Council of Nicaea. So mother. then we finally go back to the opening flash forward, mm -hmm. flashback, wherein we see, uh, we were watch we're somehow in Nightwatch, and <laughs> we see hardcore metal Santa uh, with his enormously large staff mm -hmm. uh, being told by another little girl. Mm-hmm. That something is up. Yeah. And then Kirk Cameron does hardcore voiceover here and basically explains there were some bad people. Bad hombres. Yeah. We're in what was Turkey. By the way, what I love about this is Christians don't know enough about their history it, to know that it was the Byzantine Empire at the time. They can't even. That was only. And by the way, that only happened in the 1400s. Yeah. Christians don't even know their own history. It's, it's hilarious. Well, I think, I think <laughs> like, in this particular case, I think they're trying to keep it 
like chill. Uh-huh. But this whole movie. But then it's not chill. Is dropping stuff like. Cedars of Lebanon. Like, it, yeah. it's really invested in these, uh-huh. like, very specific, like, terms from sometimes the Old Testament, sometimes. Right. But it, it wants to sound smart. And yeah. so it's constantly name-dropping things. Like this example, which is about how Santa Claus was actually at the Council of Nicaea, and he beat some motherfuckers up. But that actually is what they show. So yeah. basically it's like, there were people, there was this guy, and they code him as incredibly ethnic. The guy that's there, oh, the oh, guy that yeah, Santa yeah, beats yeah. up, yeah. they quote is incredibly problematically ethnic in what at the time would have been Greece. And then he's just there ranting and Santa comes in and basically is like, Jesus was God. And then literally kicks this guy's ass. Uh, by the way, this whole like badass demeanor uh-huh. that Santa, Santa Claus has, uh, St. Nicholas, uh, disappears the moment he opens his mouth like he yeah. has the most just like boring white boy voice of all time oh a boring like, american white boy voice uh, exactly so it's just very it's very a, where is he He's where like, where is, what do you mean where's this american white guy beating up these other guys that obviously are like I supposed mean, to be foreign like it's very like it creates a very surreal space is my point I, I think you're overthinking it, which is hard to do because this film is deep. Uh, but I think you have to under- – like, everyone that is cast in this movie is literally right. the people that were th- within a 200-yard right. radius That's true. of but Kirk Cameron. So, of course, they're going to have white people playing all these roles. Like. <laughs> and so then, basically, he says, like, Santa – like, he had to do it. This pastor yeah. – couldn't be like couldn't be worried about political correctness that is he name checks political correct santa was against safe spaces yeah uh santa the og ben shapiro uh, by the way <laughs> a gentleman who doesn't celebrate up, christmas by the way. <laughs> skrillex just yeah full-on mm-hmm. whatever christian mm-hmm. skrillex band that i don't know about <laughs> just just burr, 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 burr. like it's it's yeah. just totally that thing while he's beating him up and then he's one, this is an apocryphal story from the Council yeah. of Nicaea. It didn't happen. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, that is so far from being the point. But two, he specifically compares a man who is upset yep. about defending the divinity of Christ yep. to anyone on any PC yep. topic ever, always. Like, I'm not here to get triggered, but it is like violence is good if someone disagrees with yeah, you. Yeah, it is, it is like and, – and then – Which is amazing. The guy's takeaway, the brother-in-law's takeaway yep. from this is Santa was the man. Yep. Like, yeah, that's incredible. It's like, very much like Santa was a Don Jr. type, and I respect uh, yeah, Santa shot elephants. Uh, uh, it really does, though. And briefly, Santa goes back. Yeah. And we can cut this if we want to. But Santa goes back after beating up a gentleman for disagreeing with him. Yeah. And then the little girl, who we have no idea who it is, is like, did you get that out of your system? Let's give away some presents. And Santa's like, fuck yeah, we're giving away presents yeah, after I've he, committed he gives violence. A creepy smile. Like a super to this child. Smile. Well, no, it's his wife. That's his she wife. She looks 14. I assu- I, I'm serious. I assume that person I think is a that child. was a teenager, yes. But I think that's supposed to be. But that. Santa's supposed to be like 70. I, he's played by like a twenty-something white dude. It's like, a dis, this movie's disconcerting. <laughs> this movie is creepy. I, I again, I think what you need to keep in mind is that <laughs> all this entire thing is just one long. Uh, what are those Christian ha- haunted houses? Hell houses. Yes. It's just a, it's just a Christmas hell house. Like it's just yeah. oh the horrible dangers of Christmas. You're right. But it's all being cast out of like the youth group. It still blows my mind they have a grown man married to a teenager in the Santa Fe scene because I really didn't think that was his wife. So anyway, back to the present. The brother-in-law 
is just having this moment of like, I, he says, I blew it. Yeah. He's like, I blew it. After I these fucked up. After these three insane premises, <laughs> this man's takeaway is, wow, it turns out Christmas was perfect all along. And he, I think it's important to say, he has like a real big moment here yeah, of yeah. catharsis. It's supposed to be catharsis. Like, I blew it. It's a problem. I cannot believe it. How do I go back in there? Yeah. Like, I mean, I unlocked the code. He is filled with shame for needing some time on Christmas. Literally, all he did was go sit outside for a little while because he wasn't feeling it. <laughs> and Kirk Cameron had to fucking fix that. And this guy has to repent. Like, well, that's what it says. It yeah. basically says, like, he is making him a Christian now. It pretends like he wasn't a Christian before for caring about scripture. Well, no, it always <laughs> acknowledges that he's a Christian. But yeah. that's the point is, like, actually, it's the Christians you got to watch out for because they're the ones that are going to try to make Christmas not about presents. And like, the way Jesus did. Let's uh, be honest. Uh, what I love is that they missed the obvious chance for presents with the wise men. I assume they were going to do I, wise I men. Like the wise men weirdly don't make. They're a little too ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, didn't rap enough. Also, he turns the Nutcracker into Herod's soldiers. Like this is all about like. There's literally a Sherlock moment. Oh, where yeah. he's looking at the presents. Yeah, and he's like, these aren't presents. This mm. is New Jerusalem. Look at them again. And, it, and then it draws... Oh, he does say look at them again. And then it draws a city out of the, like, <laughs> stacks of presents yep. on the screen. It really is the Da Vinci Code we never got. Like, fuck you, Tom Hanks. This is the real shit. Like, so... Unlocking the code. He goes back inside, and the guy tells him, you can go back in and be the man. You can yep. go back in and be the man. So the guy know. goes up at the front door. He opens it. Everyone looks at him. You gotta... It's the weirdest scene. It's the weird... Okay. Because it's... Paint, he opens the door. Paint me a scene. He's paint me like one of your French crooks. There's snow falling yep. behind him. Yep. Uh, and he's just gazing out. Yep. And then it's everyone in the entire party looking at him. <laughs> and you think like, okay, maybe he's gonna say sorry. Maybe he's gonna he's gonna do this is the Scrooge moment. Right. He's gonna, he's gonna be excited about Christmas. Yep. Uh, what he does is so much more bizarre than that. No, this is insane. He takes a running start, uh -huh. and then he like belly slides on all the way across on tile yeah on on hardwood i think but like just belly slides into the party for no reason and yeah. i just want you to picture if you were thinking for a single moment that this was, could be happening in the real world what that would look like where's the host oh i haven't seen him all all night i don't know i don't know where he's been just drinking my hot chocolate in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Where I belong. And what I love is that the implication. Yeah. The implication is that everyone knew. Everyone knew that this guy was being a shitty Christian. Mm -hmm, huh? mm -hmm. And not get doing this right. Everyone knew. And now he is communicating to them, I am I'm back on I the team. Change, man. By slip and sliding face first into the tree. Yeah. But what's important is that like once he believes as Kirk Cameron wants him to, mm -hmm. his actual text of behavior is him going insane. Like, <laughs> it's Lovecraftian. Well, his yeah, mind has is. been unspooled by Kirk Cameron. And like Lovecraft, it's a little bit racist. Um, but that is what's happening. He's like, oh, he gets Christmas now, which means he's a crazy person. What I also love is they've solved the conflict with 30 minutes to go. Yeah. This is the this is so crazy about this it's movie. It's very bizarre. And there are literally 30 minutes on the clock and we're like what are they going to do with this movie? It's only it's only 119 <laughs> minutes long from the joke. Not even 119. It's uh. it's it's an hour and 19. So, he finds his wife in the kitchen. It needs to be stated. He walks in the kitchen with serious swagger. The uh, first time yeah, in the movie white, white dude swag. 
uh, with his white dude hair, and then he has like a bad dye job and a he goatee. Has, he has one of the worst dye jobs I've seen in a hot second. Uh, the darkest hair I've ever seen on a human. Yeah, and, <laughs> it really is just midnight. And a goatee. Mm-hmm. And he kind of he walks he swaggers up to his his wife Kirk Cameron's sister. And what does he say to Kirk Cameron's sister? He apologizes first of all. Yeah. So he says he he says he was wrong. Yep. And that he was a jerk. And she's like, Yeah, you were a jerk. Which again, <laughs> yeah. all that he was doing is Has being like a, a little unhappy at a house party. Which means I've been a jerk at every party I've ever attended. Okay, I've been to some parties with you. <laughs> We've been we need to talk about this. <laughs> this is a call out. He's like. I need to tell you some, show you something that I've been meaning to show you for a long time. You might think Michael drew that out for effect. It was, no. it was just like that. It was movie. really just like that. Also, we need to briefly talk about the height differential. Oh, he's, he's like six five. Like he is literally a man. I don't know if she's four feet tall. Uh, I think she's <laughs> sub five feet tall. Like she is, is so it small. Is absurd. So he's just looming over her, being like. <laughs> I need to show you something I meant to show you for a long time. And then this is real. She looks down mm-hmm. for like a second. Yeah. Looks at what you can only assume is his dick. Yeah. Which would probably still be up. Yeah. <laughs> but no, she does the full on drop down to the dick, uh-huh. looks back up and hits me with. What do you have in mind, Big Papa? <laughs> yes. And then it freeze frames and Kirk Cameron's voice comes back in. <laughs> This is this is slash boy. This whole yeah. thing is slash. It is for Kirk Cameron, the man that refused to yep. kiss his co-star in Fireproof yep. because it wasn't his actual wife. So they had to like bring his wife in to the picture <laughs> and shoot them in silhouette so they could get the kiss yep. scene at the end of Fireproof. For that man to have a joke where his actual sister yep. looks at a man's dick and says, "What do you have in mind, Big Papa?" Who she's not married to. She's not married to this gentleman in real life. The oh, way yeah. he was married to his wife that, in real that life. That is only relevant because that is the thing. Yeah, that yeah, Kirk yeah. Cameron that's why it's about. relevant. Uh, and then says, what do you have in mind, Big Papa? And again, I think we're under-sexualizing it in our oh, portrayal. No. Well, like, I can't make it that sexy. This is not Zach and the pedophiles. Like, this is not a thing that he's just inserting into the text. This hey! is the text. <laughs> this is the text. Um, and then she is disappointed because he doesn't say, let's bone the fuck down. Well, well, doesn't he? Because what does he what does he tell her? Kirk Cameron comes in uh-huh. and he's like, "So you might think you know what's going to happen next." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kirk. Yeah, Kirk, I do. Uh, I don't usually watch these movies with my friends, though, <laughs> Kirk. But when we do, we're drinking bourbon. Oh, um, you know the cliche kiss, right? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes life is just a little unexpected, and then it cuts to. The guy explaining that he planned a whole hip-hop dance crew. And he uses the phrase hip-hop dance crew. He says hip-hop dance crew, which is important <laughs> because there is no hip-hop and arguably no dancing in what happens next. Well, barely a crew. <laughs> uh, but hip-hop dance crew to express his love for Christmas. And then they start playing a song. And six people come out to the center of the room. Why don't you describe these uh, these six people for us? Uh, so these six people. One, the three people in front. All white women. Just one of them middle aged, women. clearly the mom of at least one of the other ones. Uh-huh. In some way related to the production. I well, couldn't figure out how, but you just know it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. there's three white women in the front and then three people of color in the back. Yep. And 
The people of color in the back that are not the focus of the scene are the only ones that can do anything approximating hip hop dance. The three women in front are just doing Zumba. Yep. Like it is literally just a Zumba class that they're not very good at, but clearly practice it's, a lot for. It's their first Zumba class. And what follows is, I thought, okay, this is going to be like a cut. Yep. But we still got no, 20 minutes to go in the movie. Uh, and then it's not only the whole song, but they actually extend the song. <laughs> <laughs> they like loop it so they can keep the dance montage going for literally, I think, six and a half minutes. Oh no, uh. it's it's at least that long. And and he, so he comes out. By the way, first time wife has exited the kitchen. Yeah, true. They dance together. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Kirk Cameron pops and locks. Uh, yes, that is true. He does the worm. Yeah, pretty successfully. I couldn't worm that good. It's like an 80s ski movie where it's like you need like to extend the runtime with a sex oh, scene no, or a is, dance movie this for is dancing. so deeply like, oh, man, we need to run out the clock on this. <laughs> it is hilarious how, how much they have to pad this movie. And so then. 89 minutes. And so after they see Hip Hop Dance Crew and the focus is our middle-aged white folks. Yeah. We have 12 minutes left. The story is not just over. It's been over for oh, a wait, while. Before we get off the Hip Hop Dance Crew, I think it needs okay. to be said. Not unlike the Hayes Code, this is clearly code for them boning. Like, this oh, whole hip-hop thing, this is the Cameron code. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm here for that. Um, and then we get another monologue. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he starts to talk about, like, how great Christmas is. He starts to talk about all the wonderful things we should be doing. That, like, we should be, like, ha- hanging out with our family and friends. We should be eating until our scene- sides split. Yeah, this is a big thing. Well, at the dinner. but So, like, I'll paint the scene, and then you can get more into the yeah. monologue. The scene is everyone's around a dinner table. All these people, although they really can't be. So they show half of a dinner table. And Kirk Cameron is sitting at the head of his sister's dinner table in a nicer chair than anyone else. Yeah. In a, in a fancy lazy boy of some sort. Yeah, it's it's a it's weird, like, upholstered chair. Yeah. That, like, it's not a good dining it's room chair. It's not a dining chair. It's funny that they're like, bring out the nicest things. And what they, the, like, the dishes that they bring out yep. are clearly expensive, but also incredibly tacky. Like, they're not yep. actually nice in the real sense well, of the word. We're from Red State America. It's important to stay. Those people have terrible taste at everything. Uh, hey. Yes. <laughs> and also, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's very big box set. Like, like the whole thing. Yeah. And so then, while this is happening, and everybody is smiling like the Joker at each other. Kirk Cameron mm. is talking. And what is he talking about, Michael? He's talking about, like, gluttony. This is a big... He actually makes this case for, like, you know yeah. what Christmas needs? Gluttony. It's not <laughs> eating to your sides, but biggest and brightest ham. Yeah. Uh, richest butter feast. He says the words butter feast. <laughs> what? Um, what, pray tell, is a butter feast? I wish I knew. I assume it's sexual. Death. Okay. Butter feast uh, is legitimately And then burpy. he says, don't buy into the complaint about materialism. Okay. During Christmas. Okay, cool. Why? Our eternal God mm-hmm. took on a material body. Oh, so it is shit. right. It is right. Okay, that our holiday is marked with material things. <laughs> I doubled back on that and wrote it down verbatim because it yep. was important to me to not miss that. Like this is the point of the movie. It's like motherfucker presence. Jesus's presence. It's an incredible flex. It really is a little bit like the rich young ruler comes to Jesus, and Jesus is like, well, why don't you buy us some sweet yeah, swag? Yeah. Bro, you got a sound bar? <laughs> wicked, wicked. Just, I don't know. Like, it ends, by the way, the 
the star isn't in the last couple minutes. I don't even, like, he's sitting to the side of Kirk Cameron. He is cut out of the shot. Well, because he was never truly the protagonist, right. despite that being, he was actually the antagonist. He was the problem, and now he's not a problem, so he's gone. <laughs> and then it ends with a solid minute of Kirk Cameron and his sister looking at each other. In this slow is not, motion. This is not hyperbole. Yeah. How's, what happens? How's it end? With a wink. At his sister. At his sister. They look at each other, and it's this like actual love and affection yep. that no one else has shown towards each other in this <laughs> entire movie. Uh, and then they, like, Kirk Cameron just gives a little wink, and then it cuts to black. Incredible, incredible. It was, it was such a special moment. Like, the wink feels like I'm so many things. <laughs> it made me feel so many things. Uh. It really brought home that this is like a fascinating horror film. And it was really emotionally affecting for me. Yeah. Because it is so strange. It is so inhuman. It is so like outside the bounds of any actual belief system except its own. Like it is code to itself. Yeah. And the code is Kirk Cameron. And like what is dead may never die. And like it is just like I I was – I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I genuinely was like, this is going to be boring and we're going to make it fun. I did yeah. not expect it to be as riveting a viewing experience as it is. And I, I heartily recommend yeah. it as a secret success. Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. There are yeah, so many Nathan moments. Raven. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is not a failure of a film. No. It, it should not be at the bottom of the worst 100. No. Uh, because it is just too compelling as a document. Not dissimilar from The Room. Shows something deeply human, yeah, underneath its technical uh, failures. Yeah, and it is a deeply incompetent film of in course. some ways, but it's not as incompetent as The Room. No, and I think there's something it's about not that. as beautiful as The Room either, which uh. is actually kind of a text about a man who can't deal with grief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. You mean every movie? Aww. White man can't deal with his feelings. Uh. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I wasn't socialized to understand loss. <laughs> <laughs> this is about a loss of power. You know, this is a movie sort of similar to The Room, yeah. which is a loss of love. This is a movie about the inability to not understand top-down cultural dominance. Yeah. You know, this is a movie about loss in its way. This is a movie about Kirk Cameron not understanding that things were different when he was growing up. So Kirk, this is a movie about how you should buy presents because Kirk Cameron's pre parents bought him presents and he loves Jesus. And, yeah, I it's think also a strange poem. Like poem. most evil things, at its core, it's very simple. It's, it's a poem. Like, yeah. At its core, it is it is just a ponage on filthy atheists and Jews and liberals <laughs> that are trying to ruin Christmas. Uh, but the the fact that it fumbles even on that execution is so fascinating. Well, well, I also just love that they can't. You hit on this before, and it, it's, it keeps scratching my brain. Why can't you actually just have a non-Christian? Why couldn't you have somebody who didn't believe or if somebody who could be converted? Like, that's at least a story. That would be interesting. Well, like, that's a narrative. Like, characters changes from x to y like that's plot 101 uh -huh. and it can't even do that jewish to christian oh man <laughs> like jesus <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> the, or <laughs> the original jew for jesus yeah. what's christ um, <laughs> it can't even do that though no it can't even depict someone truly changing he doesn't even change all that happens is his eyes are opened yeah all that happens is he goes from to like that's it that's the entire <laughs> emotional arc of this movie and then kirk cameron just creepy smiling at everyone in slow motion 
it is truly fascinating. It has sort of an auteurist vision to it. And uh, it's just yeah, the lighting, the dialogue. It's just it's just out there enough that I have to recommend it. It's not oh, good, yeah. but it is fucking compelling. Uh, I loved it. I I had a great time. I can't wait to watch it with more people. I I, I look forward to making this viewing and podcast of this viewing yearly tradition. <laughs> this has been our first Christmas podcast, yeah. Michael. Yeah, Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Merry Wrap our post credit sequence, Brianna. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna beatbox you just spit some knowledge about chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs>